that's my best Wario impression. Welcome everyone to Respawn Aim Fire's special barf episode. This is a monthly thing we do once a month. That's how monthly works, where you tell us what game you want us to play and we play it. Something from our backlogs, maybe something from our childhoods that we should have played or a classic that none of us have ever been into or just something Bionicles related. Who knows? <laughs> that's what we're here for. I'm your host. I was going to say, the Paul has officially determined that we will not be playing something Bionicle-related next month. But we'll, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. Um, on Patreon.com slash Respawn Aim Fire and on Twitter.com slash Respawn Aim Fire, y'all voted and told us that for the month of, what is this, March, we're playing Wario Land 3. And I forgot to continue telling you my name. Hi, I'm Chad Michael. I'm going to win Innis. See, my Wario is pretty good. And uh, we've got our usual co-host here, Adam. I'm not a gonna win. <laughs> Gumby, how are you, Adam? I'm a gonna win. Nice, great. We've got our ref regular, Alex. I might win. Uh, Cozina, how are you? Wahaha, <laughs> Wario the Legend. And we've got a returning winner, John. <laughs> John <Wow. Anton. laughs> Oh my god! Do you know that he actually said that in Mario Party in Japan? It's fun. He said, oh my god? Yeah, he says, oh my god. So does oh, Luigi. Man. That was one of those things as a kid that I was not allowed to say. Same with fart. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Can't say, oh my god. You gotta say, oh my goodness, or oh my gosh. Uh, John, welcome to the show. You've been on the show... I don't know what, like six or 12 or 19 times or something like that. I actually never left. I've been here the entire time. <laughs> He's been hanging out on our Twitch <laughs> yeah. stream nonstop. Uh, glad to have you here. I saw on Twitter that you were playing this game just completely coincidentally. And I was like, hey, come join us. Yeah, I uh, really enjoy it. It's a game that I had on my Game Boy Color back in the day. And so I was like, oh, I was excited to see it back on Switch. Yeah, speaking of, actually... I would love to, we teased a little bit on Respawn Aim Fire this past week, um, like how this game might play into some of our lives. I'd love to know a little bit about your experience with Wario Land 3 or Wario Land the franchise. And I guess, John, since you just brought up, you had it on Game Boy Color, tell us a little bit about your experience with Wario Land. Yeah, so uh, like I said, I had it on Game Boy Color. I also had Wario Land 2, uh, which... That one has a weird situation where it was made for both the Game Boy and the Game Boy Color. I want to say I had the color version. Um, Wario Land 3 I had never beaten as a kid uh, because I'm sure we'll get into this, but there are definitely points where you kind of just get stuck. You don't know where to go. Even if you're told like what level you're supposed to be in, it can be hard to find stuff. But uh, yeah, when it was announced to come to Switch, I was like, this is it. This is my time. I'm not a stupid kid anymore. I'm going <laughs> to go in there. I'm going to show Wario who's boss, and I'm going to beat this game. And I did. I'm not afraid anymore. Yeah. I love it. Adam, what, what's your history with Wario Land? Zero percent. I don't think I've ever played... Oh, I've never played a Wario Land game, period. Uh, the only... Touchstones I have for Wario is Mario Kart and Mario Party. Um, I think he's a funny, uh, you know, farty dude, but I never played any of his games. We're going by childhood so, rules. You're not allowed to say fart on this podcast. He, he pooted. <laughs> <laughs> Alex, but tell no. me a little bit about your history with uh, Wario Land. 
my history with the Wario Land and my extension of the Wario series as a whole uh, has been a lot like eating an apple in that I've eaten it a lot from the sides, but I never really tackled the core till recently. Uh, growing up, I was a huge fan of WarioWare Inc. Mega Micro Games, which was the first WarioWare game on the Game Boy Advance. Love that game back in the day. Love that I got it as part of my ambassadorship certificate for the 3DS when they dropped the price. Uh, I also really loved WarioWare Smooth Moves on the Wii, which was the Wii version. That game was great because before you would do each mini game, it would give you like a quick cue card telling you, okay, now you have to hold the Wii remote in Mohawk position. You have to hold it above your head. Now you have to hold it in pencil position you have to hold it like this. Uh, great game. In terms of the Wario Land series, however, uh, my first brush with it was actually with the last uh, Wario Land game, which was Wario Land Smooth Moves on the Wii, also known in Europe as Wario Land Shake Dimension. I don't know why they changed the name over there. Um, the story there is uh, I had recently learned that, oh, hey, those Club Nintendo like slips inside all the Nintendo games I'm getting can actually be used to buy cool physical rewards for me. And I was like two days away from being able to get whatever the club Nintendo reward, like master reward was for that year for getting like 600 points registered. I think it was like an, a Mario hat. And so I went looking for like other eligible club Nintendo games I could purchase, saw Wario Land, shake it sitting on a store shelf was like, you know what? This could be good. Picked it up. And I was blown away by how surprisingly great that was. That game was worked on by the same team that went on to do Kirby, uh, the, the yarn Kirby game, Kirby's Epic Yarn. Mm -hmm. That game is good. I think that Wario Land's Shake is actually way better. So really enjoyed it there. And then a few years later, when I got my 3DS, I checked out Mario Land and Mario Land 2 for the first time. Enjoy those games fine. You know, they're, they're a little bit dated, but especially once you get to Mario Land 2, it's a pretty sublime, you know, Mario platforming experience. Jumped into Wario Land 1, which is actually Wario Land 1 Super Mario Land 3, <laughs> if you want the full title of it. And immediately was turned off by how kind of slow and cumbersome it was and i never really bothered with beating it and that was my experience with the wario land series until this barf review dope i i had wario land one on game boy i know that i had that wario land one super mario land three um and i swear to god had before I played this game this month, I would have told you, yeah, I beat Wario Land 3 inside and out. Yeah, 100%. But I know I was a stupid-ass little 10-year-old kid who had no idea what the fuck to do in most of these levels. And so I was very surprised when I jumped into this how hard it was. And I was just like, I don't think I ever did beat this. Um, so I would have told you differently a month ago. But I did have, <laughs> to, to, to make good on our cockroach story, uh, one of my only Wario Land 3 memories is um when i was young i remember coming downstairs wanting to play wario land 3. i got it and i went to put it in my game boy color and i put it in there turn on the game boy color and i get like you know the glitched nintendo logo like it's not working blow on the cartridge right so i turn it off take it out blow on the cartridge stick it back in there and this time it doesn't go all the way down I'm like, what's going on? I take it out, and there's this, like, nasty-ass fungus-looking goo. Like, this Ugh. string, the snotty, mucusy-looking gross shit going from my Game Boy Land 3 cartridge to the inside of my Game Boy. And I had squashed a cockroach in there unknowingly. 
who had burrowed into oh. my Game Boy cartridge slot in the middle of the night, and I went to go plug in Wario Land 3. Um, I don't know how that got resolved. I'm sure I didn't do it. I probably <laughs> threw up, threw it at my mom, and said, Mom, clean this. I don't, <laughs> I don't know the rest of it, but I think that might have been my last interaction with Wario Land 3 because I definitely didn't beat it. Uh, speaking of Wario Land 3, we are going to talk just a little bit about the game itself. It is a platforming game, and and also I've discovered a little bit of Metroidvania-ish in there that I didn't realize was in there that came out in 2000, the year 2000. It was March 21st, 2000, Japan, and then eventually made its way to North America on May 30th. Um, it continues the series of Wario games where he's just greedy and wants treasure, etc., etc. This time... He finds himself in a music box, and this being is like, someone trap me here. Open up all these music box thingies, treasure chests, and free me, and I'll return you back to your world after I kidnapped you and brought you into this music thingy anyway. Uh, so it's continuing that series of games where Warrior is just like this greedy little piece of shit. And um, it was received very, very well. And in fact, it, it has a 90% on game rankings, making it the highest rated game in the Wario series. It was runner-up yeah. for GameSpot's best Game Boy Color game, which lost to Dragon Warrior 1 and 2, and best platform game on GameSpot that year, which lost to N64's Banjo-Tooie. Um, GameSpot rated it 9.8 out of 10. Uh, IGN gave it a 9 out of 10. Uh, so it, it it rated very, very well. Um, I have some... A little bit, yeah, go, Alex. I have some theories on the very, very high review scores this game got, but... I will hold off on that because I want to get into our thoughts on the game first. But before I even do that, talking about this game, its development history, its release history. So this game was developed by what was known back in the day as Nintendo Research and Development One, uh, which was one of their many like research and development departments over in Kyoto. Uh, this department basically got like spun off and like integrated into like some other departments in 2004 so it no longer really exists uh, but when it did exist this department was basically responsible for like a lot of the more kind of weirder uh, kind of side of Nintendo during that era. Basically anything that wasn't like a Mario or a Zelda for example. Um, what's notable about this game is that the team that worked on this game of course worked on Wario Land 2 before it after Wario Land 3, they worked on Wario Land 4, which came out next year in 2001 for the Game Boy Advance. And then after Wario Land 4, they worked on a game that we're all familiar with from uh, prior Barf episodes, Metroid Fusion. Oh. Which would explain the kind of slight Metroidvania-ish slant to this game. Interesting. Um... I would love to just jump in with overall reactions to this game. I mean, we don't. I'm sure we'll talk about like some of the most frustrating enemies or some of your favorite Wario transformations or whatever that might be. But just like general reaction to this game, John, it's been a while since we heard from you. Do you like it? Yeah. No, I think it's a great game. Uh, I think it's. I think it holds up brilliantly. Um, I love the aspect of Wario being essentially immortal like you can do the worst yeah. things to him but it's not while enemies in like a the traditional mario game is an obstacle you want to either destroy or avoid there are moments in this game where you want to use them to get past the puzzle that is um in front of you and i think that's a really interesting aspect 
to take on a platformer game. Like I can't think of any other game that does something like that. So yeah, I think it's clever. I think it's really fun. And I think it's just designed very well. The one part of it that I never have been the biggest fan of is the day and night cycle in it. Uh, because one, it's very underutilized. There's only a couple of different uh, levels in it that it really matters whether it's day or night. And when you go there at the wrong time of day, then you have to back out, wait for it to swap over and then go back in. That's a little annoying. But other than that, I, I totally agree with all the high praise it got. I think it's a brilliant Game Boy Color game. It's one of my favorites. Adam, what's up? All right. So I will actually agree with, uh, agree with you there. It is really ambitious for a handheld game. It kind of feels like, oh, let's just make a console like Fallout Metroidvania and just make it handheld, which I think is a good and a, po- and a negative because I feel like it, it feels a little obtuse and it feels like it's too long for a handheld game. But I think if you took this as a console game, you're like, no, that makes sense. That all the backtracking and Metroidvania stuff. So I'm kind of two minds of that. I'm like, that's cool that they did that there, but it seems like a weird place to do it at. I will say, I did not finish this video game because I got about an hour or two hours in. Was like, Phew, don't know what I'm doing here because I'd never played it before. <laughs> uh, and I was like, you know what? Let me just watch like a speed run just to see how it goes. And then I watched a 47 minute complete speed run. I was like, that was really really cool. I don't need to go back and play the game now though. Because the way that they were doing, and again, he's a speedrunner, he knows what he's doing. I'm like, the way that he played this video game and knew what to do, and me not knowing what to do, I was like, oof. Yeah, I don't want to go back and figure all that stuff out that that guy just had to figure out. Um, So I do think it's really cool and it's really ambitious. Uh, I wasn't a huge fan. I don't think it's bad. I was just like, I don't really want to learn how to play this game. in a Because, you know, I had to play it. It was in the attic, so I had to play it on my computer. <laughs> right, right. Um, yeah. And it's like a, a like, it's like a, a fifth of my screen on a window, and I can't make it any bigger. And uh, you like, couldn't no, make it any I, bigger, like it doesn't like scale or anything like that across the whole. Monitor? No, I can't. Oh. I can't stretch it out. No. So I was like, this is cool, oh. but I don't want to sit here for ten to twelve hours and figure this game out. Yeah. Um, but I do think it's really cool and ambitious. So I will, I will say, uh, it looks great on Switch. Um, there are some issues with. There are moments where uh, Wario's pixels seem to like kind of stutter, but other than that, it it runs very well if you have a Switch Ooh. and the online. Last thing I'll say, it's a big. Why is his arm so big? Why is Wario? Whenever you see him from the back, right? <laughs> yeah, when he looks like away from the screen. He's a big, swole dude, and then he turns he, and he's got like the dad gut. Yeah. But he's a big, swole man, isn't he? Yeah, no, he Wario's always had. I mean, he's going around elbow checking everyone. I want yeah. to talk about how big that ass is though when he's climbing <laughs> ladders, and dude is hacking. Which is surprising, knowing that like his diet is mostly garlic. Like that's wild. Yeah. How does he keep yeah, up with no. that? Absolutely. Chad, you go first. All right, yeah, so I played the game on Analog Pocket, and... Um, did we I, all play the game, re- real quick, did we all play the game on different platforms? Because I played yeah, we it did. on my 3DS, actually. Yeah, we did then, yeah. That's wild, yeah. Huh. Who knew in 2023 we'd all be playing Game Boy Color in four completely legitimate different ways? <laughs> yeah, so I played on Analog Pocket, and uh, like you, I had the cartridge, but I got it from this time capsule store in Rhode Island, and by the time I got home, it was fucked up, and so I played it on my Analog Pocket uh, a different way, and I actually spent most of my time playing in docked mode on my TV with a 
a wireless Super Nintendo controller from the NSO service, um, which was a, an excellent way to play this thing. Like the analog pocket already with the dock, like outputs everything in really crisp 4K. It's really like a faithful recreation of it too. So like that was a, a wonderful way to play this thing, which sounds like is the opposite, opposite experience that Adam had <laughs> on a corner of a tiny screen. Um, I jumped into this thing and I kind of hinted at it already. I was super surprised by a couple of things. One, how difficult it was. And you know, I am not I'm not the puzzle guy. I do not enjoy puzzle games. I do not enjoy puzzles that take me longer than maybe 30 to 45 seconds to solve and then I'm just like this game fucking sucks. So I did have to look up the some strategy, which in 2023 is kind of difficult to do because all the strategy guides are like game facts and they're all just giant walls of text and it's just like mm -hmm. this is not fun to sift through that was back um, before anyone really knew how to make a good guide they were just walk throughing the entire game so you just had to kind of look and see do i recognize this no no half yeah. the guide half the guide was spent like recreating the logo of the game using <laughs> yes. pixel art at the top yep. yeah um, what was also frustrating is that the, the guide, basically the only Warrior Land 3 walkthrough that exists, is referenced in a ton of different places, but it's the only one that exists, also lists each level and how to get each chest. So it's not sequential in how you actually play it in the game. It's like, world one, here are the four chests. And for this one, you need the flippers. For this one, you need, I was like, come on. Just like, whatever world I'm on right now, tell me that. Um, so yeah, one, I was surprised with how hard it was. With, uh, I was surprised that it was a Metroidvania-style thing, which is something, you know, through Barf, I've realized that I actually really, really enjoy Metroidvanias. Um, and number three, I was surprised I didn't want to finish it. <laughs> like, I, I, I did really, really, really enjoy what I play. I thought it was, like, brilliant, some of the, the ways that you had to use these enemies in, in a way that, like people smarter than me solving puzzles would really enjoy. But me, I was frustrated. And then when I, I finally clicked, I was like, oh, fuck. Yeah, there's no way a 10-year-old me would have figured that out. Like, that, that's super clever, super interesting. Um, but yeah, I, I thought it was similar to what everyone else said already, like super ambitious for a Game Boy Color game. It blew my mind that this was something that was on a Game Boy Color and really hasn't... You know, Mario, we, we've seen him evolve over consoles and consoles. And like, this is something... This is a type of platformer as John said, where you don't die, you're immortal, basically. It's about using the enemies to your advantage rather than avoiding them. And I feel like that idea has not been explored past the Game Boy Color. I've never played any of the WarioWare games, so I don't know how or Very if this kind of yeah. translates. Yeah. yeah. So like, I'm surprised this it, like ended and died on with Warrior Lane 4, essentially on the DS. But I enjoyed it. Did not finish, though. DNF. I did get to like the fourth land i know there are five lands like 25 levels total and then you yeah. like end up going back and through them but northwest east and south i got to south yeah and then what was the fifth one what's the fifth land it would have there's been not... east right it's only the four cardinal directions there's not right a fifth. oh jk jk rowling hates trans people alex tell me about yours experience john adam chad mm -hmm. today we are celebrating two different funerals funeral number one uh, and this will be pretty outdated by the time this episode goes live on podcast services is a funeral for e3 funeral number two <laughs> is for wario land three because this fucking i'm joking i, I didn't actually hate it th that much but yeah th th this game was a, a little bit more tough for me i'll start off by talking about what i liked 
love, love, love how incredibly expressive Wario is in this game. Like, be it when he's charging forward with a super buff arm, when he's getting afflicted by all sorts of statuses by the enemies that are attacking him. Wario is just such a, like, delight to behold, watching him kind of go through and struggle through uh, the worlds that he explores in this game. It made me realize, like, you know, one of the big criticisms of the um, new Super Mario Bros. games has been just sort of, like, how soulless uh, they are from an artistic perspective, just how like not expressive Mario and company are in those games. And I kind of feel like after playing this game, it kind of occurred to me that I feel like the same thing has kind of happened to Wario where like, you don't really think of Wario as being like this super expressive character nowadays. He is kind of flat. He's just kind of evil Wario and that's kind of it. And this game, I loved how incredibly cartoonish he was in this game. Um, I thought that, you know, when you could get into the flow of it, some of the the game's puzzles were pretty enjoyable to solve. Uh, I think, you know, visually the game looks quite impressive. Uh, I think some of the more cinematic moments in the game, such as like the final boss in particular, are like on a technical level, really impressive. And I, you know, I echo a lot of um, what has already been said uh, so far, which is that this game is like you know, in terms of sheer ambition, like one of the most ambitious games that Nintendo has probably ever made. And I love like all the like weird, like super creative ways that the game takes advantage of its hardware. I love that one like tunnel that you pass through over and over in the game that like will slowly gain additional shades of color as you collect more like crayons or whatever. You guys know what I'm talking about, right? It's like that one tunnel game. Like what what a creative, creative idea and also an idea that could only exist on the Game Boy Color. Um, But other than that, I found this game to be, in many ways, a very frustrating experience. I I felt like, as a Metroidvania, it just was not super satisfying. I found that just having to constantly kind of go back to and uh, replay levels over and over was a, a huge hassle, especially because there's, you know, very rarely ways to kind of keep track of where you need to go next and what you need to do there outside of like every now and then uh, when you collect certain treasures there will be like a brief moment where the map pings where you might want to go and check out next uh, but there's like no map system to keep track of like what sorts of items you've collected or uh, areas you've explored within each individual level uh, I was also frustrated by the fact that a lot of the uh, like power-ups and abilities that you get in this game are basically power-ups and abilities that you had in Wario Land 2 from the get-go. I played a little bit of Wario Land 2 before jumping into this game just to get get some context into what that game was like. And that game starts off with, you can throw enemies, you can ground pound, you can do all these things. And it was frustrating that throughout Wario Land 3, most of the power-ups you get are basically just those moves that were removed from you at the beginning of the game. And the only new stuff you get are like, oh, you can now throw like slightly larger enemies. and speaking of the enemies, like this game has like a pretty entertaining and creative repertoire of enemies. There are some like pretty ingeniously creative boss battles in this game. I loved on paper the boss battle where you're playing soccer against a turtle and a rabbit. And like you have to like basically scrunch the rabbit into a ball and then kick the rabbit into the goal that's being defended by the turtle that's a goalie. This game, like when it wants to be creative, like aims for the moon. But I found like fighting so many of the enemies in this game to be just a real hassle. I hated how so many of the enemies will like inflict 
weird status afflictions on you that will basically put you out of commission for 20 seconds because you're like running around on fire or like you get frozen and get shot to like the back half of the level you're currently in. And I hated how so many of the bosses had basically for all intents and purposes, like one hit KO moves, like they would kind of like push you off the arena in which you're being fought and you would have to go back to them. And I know it's not technically a one hit KO move because it's not like you would have to start the level over from the beginning again. But when those moments would happen, I was like, I feel like I would much prefer I, I agree with everyone here that uh, this game, uh, like deserves accolades for experimenting with like not having Wario have a health bar, not having him lose health or hearts or whatever when he gets hurt and having, you know, all of the enemies set him back in other ways. But there were moments like that where I was like, yeah, I, I kind of feel like I would almost just go for a health bar here, make Wario yeah. lose a couple of hearts and make things simple, simpler for me that way. The good news is that because I was playing on the 3DS, I was able to use the, um, uh, the quick save functionality on it uh, to basically uh, scrub through back and forth in case I accidentally met an untimely end early. Uh, so a, a lot of those boss battles that could have been really annoying were not as annoying as they could have been. But yeah, I ultimately I'm happy that I experienced this game because it is such a unique kind of curio that is not really talked about all that much nowadays. I no concept of what this game was like until I actually sat down and played it for this barf review. Um, but I didn't love it. Damn. Uh, what were some people's favorite Wario transformations? Uh, I'm a, I'm a simple zombie fan. I, I love zombies. Mm. So that, that will always be up there. Um, the vampire it's also really is... weird that like the, the zombie was, not what you would expect from a zombie. It's just like, oh, you turn into goo and fall through ledges. Like, yeah, oh. yeah, you <laughs> okay. jump and fall down <laughs> ledges. Yeah, and you turn back by standing in just regular street lights. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, I like that. I also like the uh, um, vampire one. That one's cool. Yep, that that's my favorite. I loved being yeah. able to transform and fly around, and I like the, the the very simple like world building of like if you go into light, that'll turn you back into normal Wario. It's like simple, makes sense we're off um i don't know why but when he eats a cheerio it gets real fat that's pretty funny <laughs> no, it's oh, yeah. the guys it's i probably, throw donuts at him donut. <laughs> yeah, i think it's a big cheerio <laughs> that's a pretty fun one but no i mean the zombie one's the coolest one but the cheerio and i didn't see this in my playthrough but i saw it in the the speed run were like these things like i guess they're maybe mosquitoes they poke him and he inflates oh, yeah. and flies. Yeah, you swell yeah, he, up like an allergic a, reaction. Yeah, he has an allergic reaction and flies until he hits a ceiling and then deflates. I wish that was how that really worked. Getting stabbed with the, <laughs> what's it called, sucks. Yeah, uh, those are pretty cool. What were some of your most frustrating enemies that you came across? Uh, mm. So I definitely would agree with Alex that the um the bosses are the ones that were the bosses can be very frustrating especially if you're playing on a game uh on a platform without that rewind feature or anything uh that's why i loved it on switch um because i playing this as a kid i do remember those just sucking like it sucks having to constantly go down 
uh, down a tunnel and restart the fight. But like on Switch, you could just do that quick rewind feature. Be like, okay, hey, you didn't hit me, you fucking fool. Um, <laughs> in general, the there's a there's one boss fight in particular. Uh, I think it's like the first level of the game. There's this tree that is like grumpy. Uh, later on in the game, you get it to open up its mouth and you go inside it. And when you get to the top of it, there's some kind of bug at the top that you fight. Yeah. And it will like jump around. And if it hits you with its webs, you go flying off the screen and have to you fall really far down the tree. That one really bugged me because it was kind of unpredictable in the way that it would move. Um, so, yeah, that was definitely my least favorite. Yeah, d- did not love the uh, the giant like weird blue teddy bears that would turn Wario oh, yeah. into ice and make him slide away. And what was annoying is there was one level in the game called like a city in chaos, where like a bunch of them hang out on this one skyscraper. And it's like I don't, I don't really understand the logic of this <laughs> city in chaos of, of all these bears <laughs> living in this one location. Although the the ending of the game does explain what the deal is with all the monsters, anyways. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, d- did not love those. Uh, you know, the, the thing is, is that like there are a lot of enemies in the game. I mentioned earlier, they'll like light you on fire. At least that serves a like puzzle purpose. Like there are a lot of instances where Wario will need to put himself on fire to pass through a, a gate of some sort. But with the ice thing, it's like there was never an instance where being turned to ice would serve like a puzzle purpose. And so, yeah, probably my least favorite. Yeah, I'd agree with you. The The ice and the silkworms are very similar. And it's just like you get anywhere near those silkworms, they turn you into ball and you just go flying off until you hit something. Uh, so, yeah, that was super frustrating. But you brought up the ending. I actually, I obviously, I didn't get to the ending of the game, but I did look up the ending of the game. And, and to no surprise, this weird ominous being in the darkness who's asking you to set him free was the bad guy. But I did really, really like that, like, Undertale-like twist where it's like, oh, yeah, all the people you've been fighting are people who live here. And they're just regular-ass people that he hypnotized, that are not hypnotized, but, like, transformed into these monsters. That's and the thing is, they were... You. Right, they were always conscious the, the entire yeah. time of what was going on, and they were attacking you because they wanted to so stop many you. innocent people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah. All these people who are like, do not let this evil guy out. They're attacking you to stop you, mm-hmm. and yeah, you're just like, I'm going to kill you. <laughs> uh, that final boss fight is actually the only place in the game where you can die. Yeah, if he, like, claps his hands together he, or yeah, whatever. Yeah, he like will try and grab you and if he grabs you it's an actual game over then you have to f- start that boss fight from the um beginning which also sucks but use that rewind and it will help you um especially later on in the boss fight where it's he he gets moving pretty quickly and he like changes the um altitude at what he starts the clasp so that kind of sucked yeah, I wish I I played on Analog Pocket, which has like save states, which are pretty easy to do, and I just I totally forgot they existed while I was playing this. I some of those bosses. In fact, I think the last level I played was the boss that is it's like flying up in the air and it like shoots down these things that uh, if you hit them, then they f- make you float up. But then mm-hmm. it shoots down spiky balls with enemies in them, and then you dash the enemies to bounce them off the wall and hit it. Anyway, that's the last thing I did, and that thing sent me back to those stupid swimming tunnels so many times, and I was just, I was just like, All right, I'm going to bed. Fuck this level. I'm going to bed. And then I never picked pick the game back up again. I did finally beat it. I beat that that boss, but you know it was frustrating. That's it. That's our discussion about 
Bar, any last things y'all want to say about Wario Land 3 before we talk real quick about what's coming in April? Uh, well, since I was the most positive one, I mean, I'll say it's definitely a, a product of its time. Um, all the criticisms you guys gave it, they're definitely fair. Uh, if it was made today, I think I would agree more with you on those areas. Uh, being that this was made in 2000 for the Game Boy Color, I'm just very happy with it. Um, probably because I was playing on Switch and could do the instant rewind and everything. That was probably also a big help in it. Uh, also having a little bit of background knowledge playing it in the past. But I think it's very well made. Um, there's definitely areas that if... This would be a perfect game to remake today if Nintendo ever wanted to go down that route. They they won't. But if you could add in the map feature or uh, just kind of some a, a little more of a hint as to where you're supposed to go next, you can always go back to the temple and talk to the hidden figure and he'll tell you where to go. But if you're on the other side of the island, that's annoying. Like, who wants to do that? Um there's definitely areas that could improve. It's not a perfect game by any means, but I think it's very enjoyable for what it is. Yeah. Uh, at the beginning of this podcast, we talked a little bit about the, you know, very glowing reviews that this game got upon its release. And like, to me, this game is an interesting case study of a game that I think definitely benefited from people not realizing just like how much better uh, uh, Nintendo's developers were going to get at making this kind of game, both from a Metroidvania perspective and from a Wario perspective, because within two years of this game's release, we get Wario Land 4, which many would contend is like the best Wario Land game in the series. And we also get uh, Metroid Fusion and Metroid Prime, two games that many people would contend are like some of the best Metroidvania games other uh, ever. And I think that this game definitely benefited from coming out at that period of time where like the Metroidvania genre was not super well established. You know, we had had Castlevania Symphony of the Night in 1997, but people were not really like making games in this particular genre on mass. And I think that at the time, like people were, you know, rightfully really impressed by, you know, just how incredibly ambitious and unique this game was. Um, nowadays, you know, I, I've talked at length about the ways in which it doesn't hold up. What I will say is, you know, if you want to check this game out uh, for yourself at home, uh, I'm not going to stop you. I think that it definitely it definitely has a, a lot of interesting stuff going for it. And I mean, if you have Nintendo Switch online, it, it's not like it's a huge you know amount of money off your back. What I will say, however, is if you're like, I really like the idea of a level-based Metroidvania game where you're like going into a bunch of like separated levels that each have Metroidvania elements in them. Um, the video game Zeo Drifter from 2014, spelled XEO uh, Drifter, I think is a kind of much better take on this style of game uh, where you're kind of like visiting a bunch of different planets that each have their own self-contained levels, but contain items that allow you to item gate past areas and other levels on other planets. So definitely uh, go, you know, go give this game a shot and then also go give Zeo Drifter a shot if you're like, I want a more kind of modern and up-to-date version of this game. And also go go check out uh, Pizza, what, what is it? Pizza Tower. That Pizza game Tower. has been kind of like tearing up the charts as of recently. Uh, it's very much inspired by this game and also by Wario Land 4. And I've not checked it out myself, but uh, the kids these days really seem to love it. So 
definitely probably worth checking that game out too. It's definitely the best and like only spiritual successor to what Wario Land was. Pizza Tower. This looks fantastic. I was also it just is. looking up Zeno Zeo Drifter as well, and it's like that that character looks exactly like the Among Us guy, <laughs> like the, the main character in that game. And it's super weird because again, that game came out in 2014, like well before Among Us. So I don't know what's yeah. going on there. Uh, real quick, for those of you who have played WarioWare, is does it does it explain? Does WarioWare give you a reason why? Like Wario's always been like this kind of gross greedy like uh he like eats garlic like he's kind of had that personality to him but i feel like somewhere along the way and i was surprised whenever he made this debut i think it was in smash bros brawl with this with this costume like motorcycle driving fart powered like how did he become this like disgusting version of himself was there any explanation or just like wario wear any farts now (laughs) how did that happen yeah, no, it just pretty much happened. That was it. Okay. <laughs> it's, okay. it's just kind of a turn in direction. They wanted to do something different. Um, in the newest WarioWare, I can't remember what it's called at the moment, on Switch. Get it together. Uh, get it together. It's, uh, they're like, it, the whole series is about like making games. And in the newest one, it's like, there's a virus in their game. So they're like a game developer. I don't know. It's weird. Okay. Okay um yeah. real quick before it's, oh go out I, I just want to say re- real quick yeah like i i've wondered this myself a lot as well and there are not a lot of notes online of like who whose idea was it to completely reimagine WarioWare as this weird like beatnik guy with a motorcycle and all that but i love it so i'm not complaining yeah before we wrap up uh i want to do the big reveal on next month's barf game so we had the poll again the way this is working right now well, as long as y'all can still vote on Twitter polls without being verified. Um, <laughs> right? So, patreon.com slash fires where you can go to vote on games. And then we are also introdu- we've introduced the Twitter variant the last two times where you can go to patreon or twitter.com slash fire and you can vote there. And the Twitter results contribute one vote to the Patreon poll. This month, there was a tie on the Twitter poll but it doesn't really matter because neither vote would have changed the outcome of the Patreon poll. So it looks like for April, we are playing Strangers of Paradise Final Fantasy Origin, uh, which is a game that came out last year, two years ago, or something like that. You can play last on... Last year. Last year. You can play on many, many systems. Uh, so go check that out for the month of April. If you would like to be on the show, if you want to be the next John Hansen, the next Who John... doesn't want to be me besides nah, everyone? champion, ah, winner, John What were Hansen. the games that um? What were the games that tied on Twitter? If you don't mind me asking, uh, it was Bionicle Heroes and um, and Stranger Paradise. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. yeah, Brent saw Bionicles and he got super excited. So I think he went and like evangelized the poll a little bit and said, "Everybody vote Bionicles." So, all right. That's it. Before we wrap up, John, if people really enjoy you, where can they find more information about you or how to follow you, et cetera, et cetera? Yeah, on Twitter, I'm at Revic Shadows. Uh, I'm also part of a, a small group of YouTubers called Pixel Street Videos. Me and Joel Campos do that. 
uh, we have a weekly podcast. We do a bunch of random unboxings, let's plays, all that stuff. Um, I'm also a game writer. I write guides, news, and all that stuff. I'm writing for videogamer.com right now. And I've got a couple more freelance sites that I'm going into soon. So, yeah, I'm kind of all over the place. Dope, dope, dope. Uh, John is underselling, by the way, the Pixel Street podcast. Like, they are regular-sized adults. They are not small. Uh, and anyway, I've met Joel in person. He's a he's a normal, average height American right. man. So I, I've never met Joel. How tall is he? A regular, average adult American man we, height. We say, <laughs> I, I have maybe this like, idea. I can't remember whether I felt like he was shorter than me or the same height. Maybe maybe the same height, 5'10", maybe 5'9". Okay, because I just when when I go into my mind palace and I picture my Joel Campos, I imagine like a five five person. <laughs> oh no, he's definitely he's, he's not he's, a five five person. He's, he's definitely a taller than that. All right, well I'm six three, so I'm still. I'll, he was also always I'm wearing a hat. So I don't I'm know if there's actually gonna... head under that hat. Maybe he was a few inches shorter than I thought he was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's just so. like eyebrows up don't actually exist. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. There's nothing there. It's a fake yeah. couple inches. Yeah. As a kid, he, you know, his mom didn't, he, his mom said, <laughs> I don't know what, for some reason what there's a tiny say? door in his house and he was running really fast and he ran into it, got clothesline, took the top mm-hmm. of his skull off. Um, anyway, uh, thanks everyone for listening. Until next time, we don't do this. We don't do usual sign off on this podcast. This has been a mess. <laughs>